0: Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see companies making from the practical strategies you can implement today. Changing it up this
1: episode, it's a Sasshole Sound Off. Call it a rant, call it constructive criticism. We are just clear in the air.
0: This month's Sound Off is about vendors and venues and planners and everybody working together on wedding day. Yes, we are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant.
1: I'm Vanessa DeGroon. And welcome to the Shit Show. Sound off number four of the Wedding Sassholes.
0: A special welcome to our very first sound off guest host, Andy Jimenez with exclusive DJs. Welcome, Andy.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Truly honored to be on here today. Uh, I love him.
1: Andy knows I love him. Ditto. Today, we are hitting a hot topic that Shannon and I get very heated about, and we are excited to hear Andy's take from a totally different vendor category than just catering, venue, and of course, kids. So I'm, yes. I'm excited to hear from
0: a DJ on this, this topic. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. So you two, tell me about your, Andy, we'll start with you. Tell me about your philosophy about working as a team on wedding day from your perspective
2: my philosophy as working as in a team is um if there's any special instructions or anything different that i should know about loading getting into the venue um or for example if uh if there's going to be a plan b of changing the air, the area where the dj was going to set up originally to a different area um it, it's it's very important for me i mean i could only imagine for any dj that um DJ placement is very important because we control the crowd and we have to have access to the whole room. So when that changes, we have to either implement what we're going to do for a plan B um, or or just, you know, just try to wing it the night, the night of the event or the day of the event. But changing the position of where it originally was to be set up is, is a big factor for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that being a little bit difficult if you had one plan in your head and you show up and especially location wise shifting around all the way through can be really hard. And I mean, truly, like on wedding day, this whole group of vendors that the couple has chosen to hire. I mean, obviously, we really try to work with all of our favorite people, but that doesn't always happen. Like usually. You've it, got this, yeah. You get a vendor list of like 10 people, six people, whatever, and like 75%, we all know each other and work together great, but there's always the outliers. Yeah, there is. But especially
1: as working as a team, I tell my clients, so when my clients come in, they always ask, well, what if something happens the day of? And I let them know, your vendors should be working as a team together. So if something happens, they will group together, figure it out and fix it so that you never know the difference and your guests never know the difference. But we come together as a team. It's very difficult to do that if there's not communication. So that's a big thing for me is communication. I can imagine, especially if you're showing up to a venue and they switch where you're supposed to be set up, it'll be very frustrating. But especially if you're bringing in equipment, it might change the equipment style or the equipment sizing if it was supposed to be in one location as opposed to another. For me, I cannot stand when I show up to a venue and the timeline says to arrive at, we'll just say two o'clock. says for me to arrive at two o'clock. I get there with the cake and desserts, walk in, and it's set up for a ceremony where I'm supposed to be setting up for a reception. And I ask, okay, what's, what's going on here? Oh, well, we decided to move it indoors. And so we actually don't need you for another two and a half, three hours that communication of letting me know you needed a later delivery time than what was on the timeline would have been really nice to know before we showed up with all of our stuff. Like communication is key. So if I show up and it's, it's reversed and they didn't tell anybody and catering and myself have to show up later in the day, it's so frustrating for me.
2: Yeah. That that's, that's a real big problem. I mean, um, I, I have tons of stories, tons of stories of stuff that gets switched out at the last minute and, you know, and being myself, any of my DJs, any of our staff, we just go with the flow because we don't want to ruin somebody's day, you know, but.
1: Yeah,
2: I, it's the client's I,
1: day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we we try to make the best of it. But knowing certain information beforehand would be very, um, very, very important because I'll give you an example. There was a venue that I went to um, and I did this wedding myself where it was a big, large guest count. I knew that the the venue itself, the reception space, wouldn't fit that amount. It would fit it, but that the DJ wouldn't fit in there. So I thought mm-hmm. maybe they've already done a room plan or a layout or something where they know where everything's going to go. So guess what? When I get to the venue, the reception space is where the reception space is, but the DJ is in a separate room. Where I have to do the intros going into that room what the fuck and the open dancing because they said they thought well if the open dancing is gonna be in this room let the Dj set up here and then when I got there and I'm like, okay so how am I gonna do the intros I'm by myself um you know usually my dj team we we do a lot of our weddings as one person yeah times depending on the guest count or the package that the client takes it'll be two people but this one in particular was one person. So the bride and groom and the bridal party and the parents are going into the room where the guests are, but I'm set up outside of the room. So I have to like, so my last minute solution was, um, I'm probably just going to have to put a speaker, one of my two speakers in the room. Yeah. And then after the reception's over, move it over. Bring that speaker back to my setup for open dancing. That was like my last, Minute solution. Did I like doing that? No, but I had to do it because it was the only solution for me to do. Yeah, you know? but so
0: much of that could have been prevented with communication, right? Like if the oh, venue, yeah. if the venue sits there and looks at, and I think this is for all vendors in all categories. So whether you're the planner, the venue, the caterer, the whatever, when you sit down and you say, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this, and this is something outside the box. Even if you don't call maybe the DJ, if they haven't booked the DJ yet or whatever, and you're trying to pitch ideas to the couple, go start working through your preferred vendor list and pick up the phone and call a few and say, I can't tell you how many times I had to call the floors and be like, look, they got some crazy ideas of shit. And I don't know how we're going to get that in the time frame because it's a restaurant before at the venue I worked at. You can't get in before three. So I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to do what they want. So let's like, I don't even know if they're going to hire you, but can you help me brainstorm it through? That's the whole point in having relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That Mm -hmm. It it it, could
0: have just been easy.
1: As the planner, if ever there was a floor plan, then Andy would have known all of that ahead of time. Like it should have been on the floor plan or told to him ahead of time. Communication, people.
2: Since I've I've been to that venue before, I mean, I was in my head, I was like, well, I'm going to be in the room. You know, it'll just be a regular reception, intros and all that. And then maybe the chairs will be moving. Some tables, like I've seen sometimes, to do more of a bigger open dance floor. But no, everything was totally different. And I just, I, I mean, I just went with it. I mean, was I happy about it? I mean, I got over it. Probably an hour in. I wasn't yeah. Gonna what are you going to do?
0: There. You got to listen, we're make shit happen kind of people. Like it is what it, it's someone's wedding day when you're there. But I think, you know, it puts everybody into a little bit of a panic. So this leads into a great question. So, how do you figure out as a vendor who the quote unquote lead is on wedding day? Because sometimes there's a battle for that spot, right? Sometimes it's the venue, sometimes it's the planner, sometimes it's the caterer, or sometimes it's the couple. So, how do you? You guys go about figuring out who the fuck is the person you're supposed to be so, so when, with.
2: when I give the DJ or the when I give the when I create the timeline and send it to the DJs I always put the point of contact on there. Um th- th- that's when it comes again where if it should be a two-person DJ team or one. If it's a certain over a certain amount of guests, I always recommend like look, you, you should take this DJ package. Not that not that we're gonna be the planner the day of, but we're gonna be able to direct and have more control over the crowd and see. It could be like my second set of eyes in another area right. while I'm trying to do one thing in one room. But when there's a planner and there's a coordinator, and I always tell couples too, this is the other thing, and this is probably a topic you guys are either have already brought up or will bring up one one day. There is a big difference between a coordinator, a banquet manager, and a day and a, and a planner.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: you know, Obviously, your banquet managers are mostly concerned about when the dinner's going to be bought out if yeah, to- food and to- beverage or after you know your coordinator sometimes with the venue is in charge of the day of, and then you have your planner, which is more behind the scenes and takes control of everything and lets everybody know where everything's going to be and what's going to be done so it is th- that is a big factor in in that as well.
1: I actually ask the clients when they come in for their appointments, I ask them who the point of contact is for the day, who's in charge on the day of. And if they tell me, oh, my, you can call my sister or my aunt, I'm like, mm, no. so when they are also in the wedding, how are they going to be making sure that your vendors are loading and setting up and all of those things? Like, Who is actually in charge the day of? Because that person that has been helping you plan that's also a bridesmaid is not going to be that person checking people in and telling them where to go in the designated areas that's a big deal and if if you're a day of wedding coordinator that doesn't mean you're you start working the day of don't send me a timeline 9 a.m on saturday when we have a wedding at 2 30 that shit drives me crazy
2: yeah Yeah, Yeah. i mean especially we start working (laughs) Especially you, when you have, you know, two, three kicks going out, you have to plan who's going to be dropped off first and then keep going. Right.
1: Yeah, I have people that I have to coordinate. I have drivers that I have to coordinate what time and what venue that they're supposed to be at. So, I mean, I've I've had planners legitimately never talk to me until the evening before a wedding and they're like, oh, hey, what time are you coming tomorrow? I'm like, oh, hi, who are you? Like, like,
2: Which wedding?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which which one of the three I have tomorrow? Well, but I th-
1: why are you why are you emailing me at nine p.m. when we have a wedding tomorrow? And I've already oh. spoken. I have already contacted the couple, the venue, and the caterer to get a time frame because you haven't done your part of the job.
0: Well, who are you? What do well, you? Want? I think that that kind of leads into the conversation of like you as a small business owner. Like, yes, ideally, we're talking about the perfection of how this flows and you we should get all the information in advance. And that's so great. But like, it's your job to get the information that you need to be successful on a wedding day. And so I think sometimes that is going, you know, if they've hired maybe a less experienced planner, someone maybe newer to the industry, like knowing that you've got to go outside of that. To make sure you're getting the information that you need for success if you know I was always amazed how many times I'd be like oh what size tables do the venue have and their answer would be like I think six foots." and I'd be like I'm 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 going to just call. I'm not going to wait on that person to get me information because sometimes the I think then they just decide it's six foots and then we show up and say eight foot and I'm the wrong fucking size linen, like because you told me the wrong size. So mm-hmm. I think there is a responsibility as a small business owner to make sure that you have a list of exactly what information do you need and that, yeah, it does annoy the higher quality planners. And I know this. And if you're listening, I respect you, but you have to understand you are few and fucking far between the majority of planners are a shit show. They take on too many weddings. They are not sending out timelines and information or gathering that data in a timely manner and, or they're not sending out the right information that everyone needs. And so then the challenge becomes like, yeah, sometimes we go around you.
2: Yeah, I mean, but another thing is too that I was going to bring up is I don't get them as many as I used to. But when I get those emails, the like maybe two weeks before the wedding day, like, Hey, I'm the planner of such and such wedding from now on, please restrict yourself from contacting the bride and groom contact me directly. Um, I can't do that because you know, there's certain key points and certain announcements and certain songs and certain things that I need to talk to the bride and groom directly. I can't go straight through the planner. There's just no way.
0: No, because, and I mean, it's just, I understand the why, but at the end of the day, the planners don't have enough staff to be able to do that. They don't have somebody, they don't have an admin managing just their email. So Mm -hmm. if they've got weddings all weekend, right? Because the planners go out of pocket starting Thursday, right? Because they have rehearsals and all of that stuff. So if they have weddings all weekend, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're not getting a response that they're not reaching out to the client. So if you email them on a Thursday with a question, then they're going to ask the client on Monday. And the wedding's that weekend. Like, you can't yeah. you can't wait where the client could have already responded. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. CCing them on it, but being like, uh, unless you are 100% sure I have every box checked, you don't get to send me that email.
2: Yeah, yeah. So usually, like, for example, clients, I always give clients my cell phone number. So they always, people always ask me, like, Dan, you give couples your, your your cell phone number? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I have to. Do I get messages sometimes late at night? Yeah, I do. I've gotten messages at 2, 3 in the morning from couples, believe it or not. But I, I just won't answer it, you know. But I ha- yeah. I, need, I need that type of um, security for them and also the communication to be able to get in contact with me ASAP, you know, in case of any changes or right. any updates. I mean, I've had weddings where the night before, you know, there's a somebody in the bridal party is not going to be in it or some change, some random yeah. change. I need to know that so that I can update the timeline or let the assigned DJ know beforehand, like, hey, this is going on, you know, change this yeah. or update this or, you know, or I'll send you an updated timeline so that everybody's in the loop.
0: Yeah. And if you have a planner, that's great. But most of the time, if you're relying on a catering manager, a venue manager whatever, not, they don't know it's that not somebody a- dropped well, out.
1: It And here's the other part of that, of the venue managers, catering managers, things like that. Mandy and I have both had to deal with this as of late. Sometimes the catering staff or the planner or the venue themselves, they drop the ball and then the client is directly contacting you because the other person hasn't followed up. Like I understand following that chain of command. I'm trying not to go directly to the client. Sometimes the client contacts you because the other people haven't gotten back with them. So now it's back to you and just the client, which is unfortunate And you don't want to throw anybody under a bus, but it's that other part of working together and communication that unfortunately, it's not always upheld on somebody else's end. And so you are the one directly talking to the client where you are supposed to quote, go through this person, but that person isn't doing their part of the job. So,
0: And if, if you're about to like, if you're going to be the go-between, you damn sure better have m- enough stay on top of, Yeah, You better mm-hmm. have the administrative team behind mm-hmm. you so that mm-hmm. when you're freaking busy, those emails aren't getting backed up. And if you don't have it, then also communicate.
1: Yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm saying is like the communication and staying on top of it. If you are that go-between person, you're the middleman. Then you have to stay on top of that because if the client is directly contacting me because they can't get a hold of you as the middle person, there's a there's a problem.
0: A ball has definitely been dropped.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So I know Andy already shared a little bit like when they move your location, but what other information, Vanessa, let's start with you for cake. So what other information is key to success for you as a cake baker to know in advance or for that information to be on the timeline like cakes desserts what are some things that are specific to your world so i know i already
1: touched base on um ceremony space being flipped so if you're flipping a room you definitely need to tell the cake person and don't have them scheduled as one of the first people to arrive
0: but if it's a rain backup it's okay but then fucking call them
1: but call me yeah right but call. you know the rain don't send up. an email
0: don't no, send don't, an email on wedding day if you send an email on wedding day oh my fucking kill god you. the email <laughs> emails on wedding day like who the fuck is looking at the, oh, that no pisses me oh no one
1: even on a rain delay you know it before the hour of so call me as soon as you figure it out like right. pick up a Thank fucking you. phone
2: and you do pick up your phone when you get calls the day of the events, right? Oh, uh,
0: yeah. You, you pick up your phone on
1: Saturdays as, as the venue, whoever is calling the rain delay, like who? rain delay, I, like it's a baseball game. Whoever is <laughs> calling the rain plan, you know that you're calling it. Yeah. Contact your vendors. Don't fucking wait until they show up and then you're like, hey, surprise, can you come back in a couple of hours? Fuck you, I'm already here. Like, right. what, what going to do? All Please right,
0: what phone? else do you have to know as cake?
1: So the other things for me is, is it indoor or outdoor? Because if my cake is going outside and it is the month of August, I'm not showing up at the beginning of their hair and makeup appointment. Don't schedule me as one of the first people to show up. I'm not going to be there. I will show up later in the afternoon for the cake's not sitting out all day. But there's no reason I should be there when hair and makeup is there. Like none at all. No, Don't, don't do that. The other big thing for me is loading dock areas. Please send the information on loading, especially for parking. Like, is there a specific place that vendors are supposed to park and unload? That's very important for me. Is there a ramp or is it stairs? Oh my God. Is the whole building stairs? These are things as a cake person, that I'm carrying up tons of things and we do desserts. I need to know these things. I also need to know what size table is going to be provided for me so that I can tell you if it's too big or too small. Or if you're giving me a cake stand that is entirely too small, I will bring one that fits. But if you're giving me one that fits a six inch cake, which is like a birthday cake, when I have a cake that feeds 135 people, that's not going to
0: work. I'm not using that.
2: Mm.
0: All right. What about that you, happens. Andy? What are what are some of the DJ things that specifically are info? You, obviously, if they're moving you around or where you are placement, but what else well, do you you're need not, to know? If you're not in the same room.
2: The, the number one thing. Um... <laughs> and it's funny because when DJs hear this, they will probably relate to it. um When we know beforehand that, so usually this is my scenario. When when I meet with the bride and groom and we have our final planning call, I always ask, "Are you guys doing your own vows, or are you just repeating after the officiant? Is there somebody going to be extra reading a scripture? Is there going to like usually when we do multicultural weddings, when it's like a Catholic or and Jewish or Jewish and some other wedding, you know, we need." More than one microphone for the ceremony because there's going to be multiple okay. people speaking. So usually we pack up our equipment, and depending on the package that the client, the bride and groom take, is the type of equipment that we bring for the day of. Not for us to arrive thinking it's only being going to be the officiant, and then I find out that it's um somebody else going to be speaking. So now I have I have to improvise and see how I'm going to get another microphone for the ceremony. Or oh, not only that, or when I get there, oh uh, there's a musician. Could they tap into your system? Oh, um, that happens all the time. <laughs> that happens all the time. I'm like, I tell I tell clients, I tell, you know, I, I might sound a little bit like arrogant sometimes or a little bit mean. Um, and I'm not really trying to be mean. You can I mean, trust me, I'm not I'm far away from that, but When I always tell couples, if you have a musician or somebody else trying, or even for a cocktail or anything like that, they should bring their own equipment. There's no way they're going to be able to tap into mine because for them to tap into my system, I would have to bring a different system and it would cost you more money because it's a totally whole different setup. Mm -hmm. But musicians always see it as, well, there's going to be a DJ there. I don't have to bring a speaker. I could charge the client less. Yeah, we'll just tap into the DJ system. No, it's not like that. It's that's not the way it works, you know? Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good one. Knowing what is happening in the actual flow of ceremony, not just, hey, I need music. you know, I just need you to play music at the ceremony.
2: Exactly. We try. I mean, we try to get as much info as we can, but sometimes, you know, things change and I get it, you know, you know, things, it, I mean, I've had weddings where at the last minute, the bride's parents got like a, a quartet for the ceremony.
0: Yeah, that the couple didn't even know about that sometimes. the couple didn't
2: even know oh, about. it. And then God. when I get there, I'm like, okay, I mean, we do you guys have your own sound system? No. And I don't know what to tell you. Like, I didn't come prepared. Nobody told me anything about this. Yeah. You know? yeah
0: and they think it's just like, well, don't you just bring all the things? No, I'm not hauling oh. the entire warehouse full of equipment that we don't need and you didn't pay
2: for exactly we have our backup and you know and we improvise and we do stuff but there's just certain things that unfortunately we can't just whim and change at the last minute you know yeah i hear Um, you the the, you know sometimes the scenario too is like remember what i told you about setup from before when we do when there's going to be a rain call in our ceremony and our our reception is set up outdoors in a different area that we're normally not used to. And we didn't bring enough extension cords for power and we have to get more extension cords like these. I always bring extension cords, but now when the setup is going to be like 200, 300 feet away from where normally we get power. Now that's a problem because mm I wasn't informed. We were even going to change from where the the, the original setup was going to be, you know?
0: Yeah, I think all that information is so important in advance. You know, if I was a venue, so I'm going to go back to my venue days, I think that Um, That loading instructions and parking, like Vanessa was saying, is makes things so much easier to be able to share that information in advance of exactly like where to go, what to do, being able to put that information out there. Um, I also think it's really important for the venue to be really clear about what time each vendor can have access. So if the vendors don't know what's allowed, because sometimes the rules change, I remember I'll talk some shit now. I worked at the venue I worked at. One of our event spaces was a restaurant by day. And then the restaurant would close at two from two to three. The venue staff would reset the restaurant into whatever the floor plan was, which was as easy as possible to shift as few things as possible. But then vendors got access at three o'clock and they'd be freaking out because ceremony would be at four. And I was like, yeah, but we have two extra hours in the room. It's fine. Like we can, cl- it'll be fine. It's fine. We have the time there's, to do it. There's also cocktail hour. like Right. So between ceremony for 30 minutes, cocktail for an hour, I was like, I promise you, you really have two and a half hours. It just doesn't feel that way. And so I remember one time the DJ showed up at noon fucking noon and they walk in and like they roll all their shit into the middle of the restaurant and I was like and the the restaurant manager calls me is like Shannon can you come down here I'm like what are you doing and he's like what do you mean we need to set up we're gonna we need at least five hours I was like five hours I was literally like you will never work here again you will never work here again I was <laughs> like that's you important. can't you can't do that it's like that's not even an option so I think that and I also think it's important for the venue share their rules. What's allowed, what's not allowed. If cold sparks are not allowed, if open flame is not allowed, the minute you realize who what vendor has been booked, right? So if you know that they've booked the DJ, at the point at which they booked the DJ, if there are rules, if you don't allow dancing on a cloud and cold sparks and blah, 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 and whatever, and that DJ has never worked there before, I feel like it's your responsibility to communicate that information, to say hey listen these things aren't allowed here or like there can be no open flame or we don't allow I mean we just went to a venue and I didn't know they don't do any because it was a wood barn like wood wood and they don't allow any flame they only allow um the electric and I was like oh I didn't know that so you know it was just interesting to kind of see that and but I think it's important for the venue to communicate their rules if they don't allow confetti or things like that, or specific dessert things. Like, you know, the hotel I worked at, he hated when people did small desserts because we sold small desserts. So mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, go get your it's cake a conflict all day. Of interest, yeah. right? Go get your cake all day. But if they want small desserts, you don't get to sell that. That's our job to sell that. So we actually, had like- that over summertime. Yeah, so I think things in general like that, and some other like big timeliney things when I was brainstorming that could really affect everyone else is if there's a first look or not that's kind of an important piece of the puzzle and pie like if that's happening it affects the whole timeline um I also think vendors setting up in the right order Andy you can tell me if I'm wrong but I used to see DJs all the time come in and just set the whole reception because it was the biggest amount of equipment and they'd set the reception and the lights and whatever and then they would do cocktail hour and then they'd be panicking to set ceremony because the guests would start showing up an hour early and I was like hey moron why don't you set Ceremony for or florists do it all the time too. Start at the first thing that's going to happen. Start mm-hmm. out there, and then work your way in. We have extra time.
2: the The whole thing with the DJ setup is sometimes, for example, <laughs> when the room layout is done, we we see that there's ample space. But then when we get there, all the tables are laid out, and I'm like, "Where's the DJ setup? Oh, in that corner." I'm like, "What? That little corner?" Yeah not going to work. I mean, and not only that, like I said in the beginning, we need to have access to the room, view view. Um we need to control the crowd, we need to be near the dance floor. Yeah. Cuz sometimes this is the thing too and and a lot of times people don't get it, but when you set the DJ up in the corner the music has to be louder to travel to the dance floor. And you're
0: pissing off grandma who's those, sitting in front of that and speaker. And
2: those guests that are right there in front, they're going to be like, hey, can you lower the music? And then, believe it or not, us DJs, we work off the beats, the vibe. Like we feel the bass, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy bass, but, you know, but when, when they tell us, like, hey, you got to lower the music, it just like takes the whole vibe away. Like yeah, it
1: deflates it. Yeah, it deflates yeah, it. Yeah,
2: like the whole enthusiasm, the whole feeling about it um you know we don't go crazy loud we always do moderate volume where people can still have a conversation and still have a good time on the dance floor but when we're put far away we have to go even louder than if we were just right there by the dance floor where it's a it's a moderate volume where people on the dance floor could vibe okay so
0: i'm gonna let you come into the room see where the table is and maybe then have the conversation, but then go set up the ceremony. It's fine. Like have my the conversation thing. about moving, but like go set up the ceremony.
2: I always, depending on the venue, we as soon as we get there and we unload, I'll start setting. So my ceremony setup and all of my guys' ceremony setup, we set up in ten minutes. It's quick. Um, it's a simple setup. It's 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 specifically made for ceremony and cocktail. Unless it's like a two hundred plus guest count, where yeah. we have to bring a bigger speaker that we need power and then that might take a little bit longer. Um, But we already know how long it takes us. Yeah. The only ones that are really tricky are the venues that like the ceremony space is like really far from where the reception space is. But usually every, every, all the venues that we normally go to that we attend in a week to week is ceremonies near the reception space is really close.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, It's hard overall, like it's hard because there's unknown factors and pieces and parts, but you can plan to the best of your ability. It's just about communicating really well about, um, you know, things that can happen. So, Vanessa, what are some examples of vendors who there's like crossover that they really have to communicate
1: Um, so excuse me one of the things that I specifically do because I have friends that are florists is I make sure I communicate with the florist on the cake design itself so that the day of I'm not showing up and going hey I'm the cake person do you have flowers for me that is the worst feeling in the world like surprise you need extra things that I need and you have no idea how much I need or what I need it for but I need some of your stuff that's terrible don't do that um so I actually send a sketch to the florist ahead of time so that they can incorporate the florals into the invoice for the client so that everything matches the aesthetic. But so I know that when I arrive, they already have those set aside for me. they um, are not assembling them onto the cake, but at least they have a sketch so they know quantity and like size wise of what to bring us. Because like I said, I've showed up to weddings before to help a florist and the cake person never contacted them and showed up and was like, Hey, I need cake flowers. And they were like, We don't have any extras.
2: Like you're, we, gonna, you're we, gonna have to take some pieces out yeah, of
1: we've we've already set everything up and we don't have extras for you. So we're gonna have to go pull from ceremony archway and from centerpieces randomly now. Hope that it doesn't look like there's an, an empty spot because like you hall. you didn't plan ahead. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a big,
0: it's a big pet peeve. So I send it ahead of time so that I'm not that person. I think one of the things that I used to see the most as when I did catering and venue is. When all the end times are totally different. (laughs) So (laughs) I would get a timeline from the planner. And when the first venue I worked at, we had a hard end at 10 o'clock, like no function. No, not a minute passed at 10.00. The music went off because of noise ordinances and it was an outdoor venue. Mm-hmm. And I'd get the timeline from the planner and she'd have like grand exit at 1030. And the DJ would be done at 10 or at 11 or not be like, I, I don't under, or the, and the photographer would be until, and I was like, I don't understand. Who the fuck is looking at people's yeah. shit?
1: Well, and they all have different. So that's the other thing is a planner is supposed to coordinate. All of those things. Timeline. But the DJ makes his own timeline. The photographer oh, makes their own the time. But, like, these people all need to communicate those timelines because yes. I can't tell you how many times I've shown up where this person is mad at that person because their timelines aren't the same. And I'm like, shouldn't the planner have coordinated all that? Like, and looked at how much how right. much time the photographer needs to get all the shots that the client wanted with what the DJ has for when does the reception start, right. when does the dinner start, like, all these things. Shouldn't that all have been coordinated together? Like, why do they have different timelines? I've seen it. And, and- I mean...
0: I expect a shit show when there's no planner and I know that sounds terrible but like as vendors this is why I said before you have to work 10 times harder to make sure your shit is covered and like Vanessa reaches out to the flower company you the DJ what have to reach out to the venue make sure the end time is what they've actually contracted of what time they're allowed to go until and that the photographer and you are on the same page so that mm-hmm. if their last dance is at 10 o'clock, you know, whatever is the end of the is the end of the reception is last dance and they're doing a grand exit and the photographer's contracted till nine o'clock. You know what those little fuckers do? They stage an exit to get the photos, but then they pull the couple out during the best time of dancing at the reception and they kill the vibe. Yep. Yeah, well, seen it.
2: Yeah, what I usually tell, if you're going to do a full exit, do it, take them out discreetly without anybody knowing. Yeah. Just the parents and the bridal party and we won't even announce it so that everybody can still keep on dancing. Yeah. And then as soon as they come in, they come sneak back in and just like nothing ever happened. Yeah. But those full exits in the beginning when it was a thing was a real vibe party oh, killer. Killer. So party killer. You can let you can let the guests know and make any announcement like, hey, we're going to do a full exit just for pictures after that. They they're, they're done. Room they're done. Up. They're done. They leave afterwards. Yeah, they're, they're, done. Done. they're
1: gone. It
2: doesn't matter how good the DJ is, what's going on. They're going to leave. I mean, it's it's a proven fact. So, um, you know, I understand that sometimes the packages are certain times, but these are things that could be coordinated before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If the
2: photographer is leaving by nine. I already know that. You know, before that, we're already going to have all the formalities done, and at least it can get some type of pictures for open dancing. Some, yeah. But the yeah. parent dances, the cake cutting, the bouquet, the garter—all that's done. But you know, and another topic that we can go through another day because that on alone, it's 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 uh it's very extensive is the trends. With, you know, a lot of these new couples don't want the cake cutting announced anymore. Don't want the bouquet and garter. So that alone gives them more time to do other stuff and we can get more pictures in. So, Mm -hmm. um, but what the other thing was, so for what you were asking about coordination beforehand. Yeah. We always make sure that the champagne is poured before we announce toast because it could happen where somebody's not in coordinate in coordination when if the sham, if the toast was going to be before dinner or after dinner, and here we are, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready for toast, and guess what? there's Pussy no guys board <laughs> How are we going to no champagne? This is so- one of
0: my like secret dirty tips that every time I meet with the venue and caterer or a planner who's like, I tell people the best thing way to cut money is to cut the champagne for the toast. And I was like, let's talk about the shit show that happens when there's no champagne for the toast. When there is not a glass where catering team is pouring and the box is checked and it's done. What happens is the DJ says, all right, guys, next up is the toast in five minutes. And everybody looks down and is like, oh, I don't have a drink. And they get up and go to the bar. And so now mm-hmm. half the guests are out of their seats. If you just pour, you, you can literally get almost 10 glasses a bottle. The bottles are $4 if you buy like Verde, which is like the most, it's not even champagne. It's like sparkling wine. It's, just it's bubbly. So yeah, It's bubbly. It tastes good. Everybody likes it. But you can save so much time just by having that so when i worked at the venue and did catering they were always like we're gonna cut the champagne toast i was like you get no money back because that's that's a functionality for us we need like we leave that in because it flows better not because it's a money saver like it doesn't really even cost you anything because it's like it's drips of champagne right it's well and
1: so going back to when you do the faux exits and it kills the vibe and people leave early if a wedding is ending early, because I've I've had it a few different times that I showed up at the time that it said vendors need to pick up at 10 o'clock or whatever the time was, showed up at 10 and the venue is completely empty because they ended an hour, hour and a half earlier in the evening. Please let your people know that are picking up. If if it's a rental company, decor company or a cake company that's picking up, let them know, hey, they're actually gonna be ending early this evening. If you could come earlier, that'd be great. Because when we show up at the end of the night and there's nobody in the building, or that person that cleans the building is leaving because they ended early, it is like a panic
0: attack central. me just tell you, yeah, it's infuriating. Why didn't
1: you tell me? Like, I would have been here earlier. I mean, this is what the timeline said. Like, if the and I've seen where couples just are, just they're tired and they're like, hey, we're we're actually really tired. Can we end early? That's fine, but like, let the people who are picking up rentals let them know in advance. Like, give them a phone call, shoot them a text, don't email them on the day of, but call them or shoot them a text and say, Hey, they're actually ending the event early if you want to pick up your stuff
0: early. And all of that really like goes back to communication, right? That like making sure that you as whoever the lead is has everybody's contact information, phone numbers, email addresses and things like that, that we be as proactive as possible as wedding professionals. I don't care how busy you are, how many events you're booking, it's your fault if you're overbooking. But like we are an industry that reacts. And I truly believe in the statement, like I used to constantly say it on event day, like just make it happen. And the servers would look at me and they look at the captain and be like, what does she mean? And he's like, well, she means we better figure it the fuck out. Like, because if we forgot the champagne flutes, are we running to to Walmart to see if we can buy hundred champagne flutes? Do we have t- time to drive back to the shop and get them? Like, what are we, can we put them in rocks classes? Like, what are we doing? We have to make it happen. But so many of these things can be prevented. And so when we decided today is like, there's no I in team, we really have to like work together as an industry and take care of our own selves in terms of communicating as a business with the the information and the people that you need to talk to. So if you need that info from a photography standpoint, from whatever, we all should be communicating and sharing. At
1: the end of the day, it's about the client's experience and the client's day being perfect. It doesn't matter about your individual thing going on or this person's thing. We all need to be a team and just figure it out and make it happen because it's their perfect day. And we need to just make sure it's executed that way.
0: I just think what's annoying, though, and I'm never going to let this go, is that after 20 years of doing events, I feel like it's such bullshit. We solve so many fucking problems on wedding day and the clients never know it because you can't go back. You can't go back and be like, well... Your venue totally screwed me and blah, blah, blah. And so that's why my stupid ass was in another room playing music by myself where I couldn't see right. anybody. Like they're never gonna know. Like they're never gonna know all of the things because that's why they hire a planner and professionals and things like that. Like that's why they hire pros.
1: That is. That's part of our magic, but it's also it comes as like a default because we're not a default. A uh downfall because they don't know the fuck ups that other people did on that day but being a you know professional we just figure it out and fix it for them
0: well let's finish today on a positive so can you andy i'm gonna let you go first can you share an example of when either a vendor went above and beyond to help you or communicate or where you really helped someone else kill it on wedding day
2: it's crazy that you asked that because I was thinking about that today, but I really can't remember one specific moment for that.
0: No, because you just do it every freaking
2: weekend. I'm not but trying to rock star. I'm not trying to be mean about it or anything, but I'm just trying to remember hard. Like, I mean, it's just been the, the the same typical thing. I can't pinpoint one exact moment that something was done that I couldn't really remember. Like, oh my God, look, that vendor went above and beyond. And that means point. that
0: we as vendors need to be more helpful of each other.
2: That's what the, <laughs> yes. that's what I just heard. Remember, that's what re- I just heard. Remember that DJs are the forgotten ones. We get screwed over really bad. Like anything goes wrong, oh, it's the DJ's fault right away. I mean, so take Take better care of your DJs. That's what it, I just heard. It's the nature of the beast. I mean, I I we get blamed for stuff. I just can't I can't even remember how how many times we get blamed for stuff, but. I just roll with the like, punches. I don't I blame
1: you guys here. for anything. I don't blame you for it. I'm always happy to see my DJs. I'm always like, "What's up, dude? This pop. What's up?"
0: <laughs> That's because she gets to deliver and leave. Blacker. <laughs> <laughs> what about get you, to Vanessa?
1: You drop off and <laughs> <get to> <laughs> <off at> peace <laughs> out.
0: I'm like, okay, see you later. Have fun. What about you, Vanessa? When's when's the time that you went above um, and beyond to help somebody?
1: So I feel like I'm because I'm one of the later delivery vendors I'm not there at the beginning so I feel like when I am done with my stuff if I'm still there and someone is still setting up um I try to offer to help them like hey what what do you need to have done like I've seen where florists were still putting together centerpieces for the reception tables if I'm done with all of my stuff and I know that you know the ceremony is about to start and they still need to finish reception tables just let me know what I can help with I can put them in the center of the tables I can go and light the candles like little things like that I've helped set down chargers. I mean, it's easy stuff, but it's just asking like, Hey, is there, it looks like you're a little bit behind. Do you need an extra pair of hands kind of thing? Um, so I've, I've just, when I do that at styled shoots and everything like that, like I'm always like, Hey, I'm done with my stuff. Now, what can I help on your part? Do you guys need anything before I peace out? Cause I don't stay. I mean, it's common knowledge. I don't stay. I just peace out. I drop off my shit and I leave. But I'm <laughs> just asking, is, like, the worst. is there, the worst. I, I always ask, like, is there anything that I can do like before I leave, unless I have another delivery and I have to consult super quick. But for the most part, I just always like just check in with the planner or the florist. Like, hey, is there anything that you need before I go? And then well- I peace out.
0: Well, I'm going to share a really old story, but it's one that stuck with me so much that I have told it many times, but not yet on the podcast. So first time, first time for you to hear it. So uh, a million years ago, when I was in catering, um, I worked for an offsite caterer. One of the things that I did that was an above and beyond was that I always drove my car separately. And I took all of the linen. So I never let the linen go on the trucks because I know kind of, Vanessa and I have talked about this a million times that like no one can do anything without the linen. Like if the DJ table isn't one of those bougie new designs where you guys bring these bougie ass (laughs) tables that are beautiful. But like if it's a traditional table with the linen, No one can do anything if the linens aren't down. So Mm I always drove the linens myself and a lot of the couple's personal items were in my car. So I was on the way to a wedding at the Lake Mary Event Center and our truck broke down on the side of I-4. And it was full on panic. Like, oh my God, we were at the exit, like at the exit. So our owner ran to Ryder, got another truck. We actually backed the truck's, up to each other and we were rolling all of the carts from one truck to the other truck to get them to the venue. So I went ahead and I set all of the linen and the florist was there and this was a beautiful wedding and these over the top centerpieces and it was a local florist it was Lee Forrest and his team and so I was there with nothing to do so I just went into full floral mode. Like I was filling vases, I was there like I was a rock, I was running for them and said to them in that moment, "Listen, we're pretty screwed. Like we do not have enough time to be able to get like, so I I need help. Like I need help putting out silverware and glass. Like I'm going to need extra hands. And I said, so my team will get you set first. We'll make sure you have everything you need. And then I need you guys to say it and help us. And everybody worked, the clients never knew. I mean, we were, it was, we, we had like, 30 minutes before ceremony set to set the cocktail hour, the bar, the reset, like everything. And I know you get that extra hour when it comes to cocktail hour to set the room, but there was no way because the staff's all butler passing hors d'oeuvres, so they couldn't set the room. So it was just one of those days that I'll always remember that, you know, I didn't just ask for help. I gave the help as in as much as I could on the front side, but I think it's just a perfect example of like things are going to happen. And that was nothing any of us could have communicated away. I mean, it just freaking happened. But by thinking ahead and being proactive and having the linen in my car, it didn't affect the cake person from delivering the floor. We could still set all the centerpieces. If all of that was still on the truck, the whole team would have been screwed. So I think it's being as proactive as you can when you think about what is your piece in the whole pie when it comes to someone's wedding and if you are the person with the linen or you are the person who has like the thing the next person needs you have to make sure you cover your own ass Mm -hmm. and it was exceptional and I'll never forget it and we talk about it still to this day so
1: a good story
0: I know It was good teamwork. It's all about, there's no I in team. Like on event day, we all just make it happen and we have to make it work, but we can work harder to prepare.
1: We can. And communication is always key to making all that go off the... Literally, because they're getting hitched. (laughs) (laughs) Bad
0: jokes. She's full of bad jokes. (laughs) Andy, thank you for joining us (laughs) today. Thank you. (laughs) If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, you hate us after listening to this, I don't really give a shit, or made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. If you want to hear our honest opinion on anything else in the wedding industry, or you, like Andy, would like to come and be a sound off guest host,
1: DM us on Instagram, your pet peeves, annoying situations, and if you're going to be a guest, your availability.
0: Yeah. And we will add it to the list. Now, go make big shake